Hey students, you are listening to Answers to Gospel Questions. It's March 22nd with me, Brother Lawson, and Brother Wing. Wait a minute. Brother Wing is not here. So I brought in really the next best thing. Well, I'm not even sure. It might be the next best thing. It's Brother Darren Griffith. He's an institute director out in Kentucky, if you can imagine that. And he's going to be filling in for Brother Wing today on Answers to Gospel Questions. Brother Griffith, how are you doing today? Great, but nobody really can take the place or fill in Brother Wing. I'm just here as a, a substitute. You know what I mean? But- that's true. We just needed a warm body. I just, I just needed someone to be, to be with me just for validation purposes. And so that's why I brought brother Griffith. Actually, brother Griffith, I think we probably, maybe we should, should we refer, would you like to be referred to as Dr. Brother Griffith? I mean, you, you just got your doctorate degree, I know. Well, uh, some call me your Lordship, but that's probably a little too strong. So we can just stick with brother Griffith. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. That sounds good. All right, students, today on Answers to Gospel Questions, we're going to be answering the question. Uh, It's a question that I bet you've pondered before, and it's a question that has answers to it found in the scriptures and in the words of modern prophets and apostles. And the question is, is what is the most important thing? What's the most important that I should be engaged in right now? All right, so I know what you're thinking. You're like, I've got this great job at at McDonald's, I'm making like 15 bucks an hour, which is incredible, by the way, to be making that much at McDonald's. That is an important work, supplying Big Macs to the world. But but there's something even greater, a work that's uh, even greater than that. And so in Matthew chapter 13, we've been studying some of the parables this week, but we find an answer to that question. What's the most important work we can be engaged in? And it's found in a parable. And it's the parable, the wheat and the tares. All right. Uh, so we we know what wheat is. Yeah, we like wheat. We make stuff. We make donuts with wheat. That's why wheat's important. Uh, and I'm I'm sure there's other things that are made by wheat too. But uh, what in the world's a tear? All right. So we're going to talk about the wheat and the tares and and how how we can answer this question. What's the most important work that we can be engaged in? So, Brother Griffith, what can we learn from the parable of the wheat and tares about? the most important work that God wants us to be engaged in. Excellent. Uh, Tares, uh, you can both go to the Bible dictionary or the guide to the scriptures. I love the Bible dictionary. Yeah, Sometimes I curl up at night and just read the Bible dictionary. I thought that was your romantic Friday night go-to, but um, (laughs) guide to the scriptures, it's worded a little bit different, but it's about the same thing. It's a poisonous grass is what it is. And it looks just like wheat until uh, it's ready to harvest. But let me read something that President Nelson said. He said, quote, The Lord is gathering those who are willing to let God prevail in their lives. Now, he said this. So we're talking about the gathering of Israel here. We're talking about harvesting this wheat. He said, An essential prelude to the second coming of the Lord. It is the most important work in the world. So gathering of Israel right now is the most important work in the world going on. That's impressive. That If that's the most important work in the world going on, I'm guessing here in a few days when we have conference, they're going to talk a little bit more about it. But, you know, sometimes sometimes uh, when that phrase is said, and, and I don't know of any prophet other than maybe Joseph Smith that has emphasized the gathering of Israel more than President Nelson, sometimes there might be a few of us that are kind of sitting off to the side thinking, uh, I keep hearing this, I keep hearing this phrase, gathering of Israel. What in the world does that even mean? So, 
how would you describe and how, or maybe how does President Nelson or the scriptures describe what what does the gathering of Israel even mean? How would you define that? Well, one of the things that I think is most uh, interesting is the fact that God trusts us to do that gathering. I mean, he's opening doors, but it's us that knock on the doors. It's us that talk to our friends. It, what's amazing about the wheat and the tares to me is you can't tell the difference between a wheat and a tear until right at the harvest, right? So sometimes well, they, they just grow side by side. These wheat and tares just grow right next to each other. Let them grow. So, but, you know, sometimes we'll look at someone and say, that person is not a member of the church or they would not make a good member. We totally make these judgmental comments and judgments about people and the savior, how loving is he when he says, you know, don't judge somebody. You don't know what they're going to be like in, in five years or 10 years. And I think that's the power of the gathering. It, a power of the harvest is you and I can take a role. All we have to do is just invite. Come to church with me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that's important to recognize is just simple acts of inviting people to participate in covenants, right? That's really what the gathering of Israel is, is when we make and keep covenants. And so when we talk about, uh, and, and where do we do that? Well, we do that in baptismal fonts. We do that in temples. Those uh, those temples become kind of like, well, you see them in Kentucky, I bet. Um, they got them here in Missouri and Arkansas, but they have those big grain silos on farmers' farms. They have those big cylindrical shaft buildings, yeah. and those are full of grain that have uh, the farmer has gathered and harvested and put them in to protect them from the elements. Temples are similar like that. They're the Lord's grain silos where he he gathers the fruit and he puts them in and protect and this and this building, uh, the structure, those covenants protect what he's gathered. Here's and the, then here's what the, do we do with all the tares that are left? Yeah, they burn them. They burn them. Right? Yeah, here's a cross-reference to what you're saying here. This is in Doctrine and Covenants, section 101. Uh, verse 64 and 65 are really, really good here. But in 65, it says that the wheat may be secured in the garners, which is exactly what you're talking about. That's mm -hmm. those silos, those grain silos, to possess eternal life. So God's asking us, he trusts us. Go gather all of the wheat, bring them into the temples, bring them into the church, bring them. And remember what uh, Matthew 34 says, the parables about the kingdom of heaven. And it's Jesus who sows the good seed. Hey, go get everybody, bring them in. Everybody's invited into the silo, right. into the garner. Why? That they might be crowned with celestial glory. Okay, so I'm I'm going to put you on the spot, Brother Griffith. So in this parable, in verse 30 of Matthew 13, um, we find out that that uh, the farmer here, the uh, the Lord of the field, or whatever we're going to call it, he wants the tares and the wheat to grow together. Why don't we? Why why are they growing together? What? Why would we? I mean. Why wouldn't he want just want to get rid of the the tares right off the bat and just let the wheat grow unencumbered by these poisonous lookalikes, doppelgangers, if you will? Well, here's part of the mercy that God is. Aren't we glad He doesn't pull us 
when we're in the middle of making mistakes, because we all have, we've right. all been a point of our lives. We've done wicked. We've done something evil. Right. And at that moment, you know, the terrors can uh, constitute evil, right? Right. If he pulled me right then, I, I mean, I'm guilty. But right. He allows me to grow and to develop to become what he wants me to become as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So we're grateful that he lets us grow. Right. And so we know, are, am I really um, a, a son of God who's being righteous and making good choices? I'm just glad he didn't start pulling me, you know, when I was <laughs> or 18, 25, exactly. or 35, or 45. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think there's something to be said, too, of the opposition that might come as 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 we were trying to grow and, and thrive and become what we're supposed to, to become and, uh, and growing in circumstances where we're, we might be around some tears that we might not recognize as tears, but uh, it makes us appreciate maybe what we become when we finally become what we need to become. So students, uh, what do we learn from this? We learned that the most important work that God wants us engaged in is this gathering. So in order to gather, uh, it's important to be it's important to be able to identify wheat from tares. We need to know what it looks like. And it looks like covenant keepers and covenant makers. That's how we determine, that's how we see the difference between wheat and tares. And that's how we know what's what's to be gathered and what's to be burned. All right, students, thanks uh, for joining us for this episode of Answers to Gospel Questions. Thanks, special uh, thanks to our, our guest, Brother Griffith, today for joining us. Maybe we'll invite him back another time. Uh, we'll see uh, when Brother Wing comes off the injured reserve list. But until next time, students, we love your guts, everybody. Stay righteous. <laughs> <laughs>